0: You are tuned in to the I Am Alive podcast. This podcast is about helping you on your journey to living a healthier and balanced life. We will be discussing topics like health, fitness, nutrition, mindset, and many others. I am your host, Chris Munt, and I hope you enjoy the show. Are you you ready? I think so. She's ready to go. All right, guys. Welcome to episode two of the I Am Alive podcast. I am here with another spirit of the box, past spirit of the box member. Do you remember when you were spirit of the box? About a year ago, maybe even year two ago. years ago. So this is Kelly Barr. She's a past spirit of the box member, um, but she's also one of our favorite people in the gym. Mm. We love her, but she is also the owner and founder. Are you the Are you the sole owner?
1: nope i am you have partners in co co
0: co-owner but founder Mm -hmm. essentially of easy living solutions so we'll get into that in a little bit and we'll talk about that but first welcome everybody this episode's semi uh sponsored by mocha um cheers eventually eventually we'll get a sponsorship maybe mocha will sponsor us we'll see but kelly bought me a coffee so we're running on jet fuel from mocha Um,
1: I put it on Max's credit card.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Max Barr, thank you. Thank you for the coffee. All right, so uh, let's get into it. Um, So this is Kelly Barr. Kelly, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about your family, what you do for work, all of it.
1: All righty. I am married to Max Barr, as many of you know him, as (laughs) the gym. (laughs) shop. (laughs) (laughs) We have three kids. Uh, I have a eight-year-old Mia and a six-year-old Stevie and a four-year-old Charlie. And everyone pretty much knows them very, very well. They're here a lot. And I'm a nurse at Mayo Clinic. I've been to Mayo, or I've been a nurse there for about 10 years. Nursing is a second career for me. Um, I lived the ski life for six years before that and worked as um, basically like an activities director for the mountain um, when I lived out in Colorado. And then I, uh, like Chris said, I just recently got into the business world and I um, developed an assistive device, so we'll talk about later, and then started a company around it. That's pretty cool. And you've been helping me along the way.
0: I I forgot that you were a ski instructor or like a snowboard instructor. Snowboard, yeah. And what was the mountain? Where were you? Crested Butte, Colorado. How long did you do that? Six years. Oh,
1: five years. Well, five years, then I had to move to Denver for nursing school.
0: And... So when did you meet Max in this whole mix? Was that before that or after? Before. Or during? No, before? No, it was
1: before. So Max and I met in college. Um, long story short, I started out at St. Ben's and then got in a little bit of trouble at St. Ben's <laughs> and got... I had to leave the college and then (laughs) went to St. Cloud State, but (laughs) my senior year, I moved back to St. Ben's because I was really good friends with those girlfriends that I had made out there. And then Max was at St. John's by that time because it was an all-boys, all-girls college. Mm -hmm. And so I met Max then when I was living out there and we started dating and then I decided I had to just get out of Minnesota and move to Colorado, so we broke up. Um, and we didn't talk for five years. And then I moved back to Minnesota and gave Max a ring and we started dating again.
0: So did you break it off with him when you left or? Now we're getting into some touchy subjects. (laughs) I, I broke it off with him. You broke it off with him. You're like, I'm out of here. I'm probably going to meet some really hot snowboarder dudes. Never. No. Uh, Oh, sure. So you broke it off with Max. Max was heartbroken. Yes. Because he's obviously the touchy-feely one of the pair. Of, the, of the two? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I wear the pants. <laughs> <laughs> but I always said, all my girlfriends at Colorado, I said, he was the one that got away. And then when I moved back, look what happened.
0: Oh, now look at you. I know. He's the one me. that. God, and now I'm stuck with him. <laughs> oh, you love him. Complain you about love him the guy. every day. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So you were out there for about five to six years. You came yep. back, went to St. Ben's.
1: Nope. Went to St. Ben's before.
0: St. Saint- Ben's before, came back, went to St. Cloud. Chris, Chris, God. Chris.
1: Went to St. Ben's. I Then, so went, then went to St. Cloud, graduated from St. Cloud State, and then moved out to Colorado, went to nursing school in Colorado. There we go. Then came back to Minnesota.
0: Jesus. I know. I can't remember. You get kicked out of one. You played soccer at another.
1: Yep. Played soccer at St. Cloud State.
0: St. Cloud State. And went- at St. Ben's. At St. Cloud State, when the field was still real grass because now it's turf. Correct. Okay.
1: Yes. I think I was the last team that played or that had to practice and play on grass.
0: On real grass. Yep. That doesn't date you at all.
1: After I left, (laughs) then they put the turf in and built the stadium and everything. Oh, they
0: the stadium wasn't even there. It was just like, it was just a grass field. It was literally a grass field. But so basically you built that stadium.
1: Yeah, it was, it was all the money that St. Cloud state women's mm-hmm. soccer brought into that yep. program that built that field. Uh, I believe nothing that. about the D one hockey team. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I believe that 100%. Yeah. Awesome. So how long, um, after when you moved back and you and Max got back together before, how was how long was it before you guys got married and had kids?
1: Uh, well, we, we did it in the reverse order. Had we, kids got married. We had Mia and then got married. So it was a few years.
0: A few years. Yep. But it wasn't right away?
1: Not right away. No. Maybe
0: like a year. Did you do that to trap him? No. <laughs> you're like, you're not getting away this time, Maxi Poo. <laughs>
1: or did he trap me? Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah, there you go. That, maybe that might... he was like, you're not leaving for Colorado. Okay, yeah. <laughs> not letting
0: you go this time. Awesome. Well, tell us, uh, let's pivot a little bit and tell us a little bit about your health and fitness journey or your like your sports history. So you talked about doing... Uh, playing soccer at St. Ben's and St. Cloud. Mm-hmm. And then obviously, you know, going and doing the whole snowboarding thing in Colorado, there was a lot of past athletic history. Mm-hmm. So give us a little insight into your like past a- athletic history and then kind of what brought you into the fitness side.
1: Well, I was actually a very competitive gymnast um, at first. I I practiced over in, or I lived over in Europe for a while. I had European coaches and practice at a very elite level for gymnastics. And then after I quit gymnastics, which was my first year in high school, um, because as you know, gymnastics is a pretty short lived sport once you get to a certain age. It's kind of hard to continue with that, but and I also, height.
0: you're tall for a gymnast, right?
1: Well, so I had a lot of health issues that were brewing behind the scenes. I had, wasn't growing or anything for a very long time. But once I quit gymnastics and they realized that my thyroid wasn't working and they put me on Synthroid, I grew like four inches. Oh, okay. It, like it was crazy. But anyway, so I had, so I was very competitive gymnast, but at the same time I was in soccer. So after my gymnastics, ended um then I went into soccer or then I was continue to play soccer and that was the sport that basically when I took through high school and through college um was also a track runner and then the whole snowboarding you know thing that was another thing that I did throughout my entire life so I was a very athletic person uh up until um I was still I still ran quite a bit when I was in Colorado I did a lot of um running in the mountains and on the trails and things like that and was Always really active, but then when I got diagnosed with lupus, you know, all the all the ailments that I was having issues with started to make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but then my disease really started to take control of everything that I was doing, and I had to quit running, and I quit doing, and I quit snowboarding, and you know, I was really just going to the gym just to try to stay in shape, but I really wasn't in shape. I was just this, you know, skinny person. I wasn't really healthy, and just kind of. I don't know, sheltered myself from everything. And so, um, I really had given up on any type of like athletic sport like, you know, CrossFit mm-hmm. or anything like that. I never thought I would be in CrossFit or even get into CrossFit. So
0: So was that a pretty steep turn when it was hard. after you found like found out you had lupus and then like how what was that? I was what, in denial. What was, that, what was that distance or that like time domain as far as when you found out you know, that you had lupus to where you weren't able to do some of the things that you really, really enjoy doing?
1: Um, you know, so I was 27 and I think that, you know, it, I think once I found out that I had lupus, I think that really made me put it. I don't know. I guess I kind of stopped doing a lot of things once I found out I had lupus. um, and then once I would f- start to feel better, then they would put me on prednisone. And then once I started feeling better, I was like, oh, you know, I really don't have a lupus. You know, I'd, I'd be in denial and I'd, I'd, mm-hmm. like, I would try to do things again. And then I would, it would just be this vicious cycle of having flare after flare after flare. Um, and so it was pretty quick where I just kind of shut down my athletic abilities after that. You know, mm-hmm. it was, it was sad.
0: What was it, what was it like mentally for you to have to do that? Just knowing, just talking, you know, just from your recent, you know, you're talking about your past history of being athletic and everything you do. Like, what did that feel like or how how was that when you got that diagnosis and realized that you couldn't do all the stuff that you wanted to do?
1: The best thing that I can say, it felt like if you put a glass, if you put me in a glass jar and then you put everything that I loved outside of that glass jar... That's what my life felt like, like I could see it. It was, it was within reach, but I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. And it was really frustrating because I used to, you know, travel to Argentina in the, in the summers because it was there winter, you know, and I would mm-hmm. snowboard year round and things like that. And it's like, I couldn't do it anymore. I physically could not do it anymore.
0: That's crazy. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. I mean, that's crazy that you traveled that much. Mm -hmm. To do sports. To do sports. Mm -hmm. Like, I I knew you had done, like, a lot of that stuff. But Mm -hmm. even some of this is news for me. Like, I didn't know you... Travel to like Argentina, and we're like you know yeah. snowboarding and doing all that cool. You man, you're a pretty cool, lady.
1: We would I would stay in hostels, and we would just <laughs> we would we would find the, <coughs> there'd be Argentinians who would come and work in Butte for the winters, ah. and then they would be our contact when we would go. We'd want to go to Argentina, so they'd always say you know stay at this hostel and then come here at this time, and then we'll house you. So it was always like this traveling thing. It was pretty neat.
0: Right. Yeah. So. You found out you you had lupus mm-hmm. and then you were kind of in this vicious cycle of, I have it. You get treated for like a flare up mm-hmm. and then you feel good and you're like, well, maybe I don't have it. And then, push and it. then you push it and then mm-hmm. you have a flare up again. And then you're like, okay, I do have it. Mm-hmm. How long did that cycle go before you like really digested it mentally and understood like where you were at, where your body was at? What was that period of time?
1: Years. I mean, it it took me a long time to, I mean, and even I still struggle with it today. You know, there's some days where, um, I feel, I feel great. And there's other days where I'm just like, I look at my wrists and I look at my hands and my feet and I'm just like, ah, this disease has done this to me. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I don't think it's ever ending, but I've accepted it and now like I can adapt to it. So that is, I think once I accepted the ability, the fact that I can adapt, that has really helped out mm-hmm. and realized that I can adapt sports. Right. Before I wanted to be just like everyone else and not stick out. And so if everyone else was doing a push up a certain way, I wanted to be able to do it that way too. And right. then when I couldn't do it, then I just wouldn't try because I right. couldn't do it.
0: Right, well that kind of brings us like into that next piece, right? So you, you obviously are a member here at Alive mm-hmm. Fitness. Um, and you have a pretty interesting story about how you started. I mean, as far as like the cycle you were in when you started. So y- you find out you have lupus. You're in this vicious cycle, and-, and then you finally realize that maybe you have to adapt and and change a few things. Like mm-hmm. we're just hard headed humans by nature, I think. And when you're a competitive athlete, you're even more hard headed. Yeah. I know that for a fact. I mean you know, the back stuff I've been dealing with. And like, Mm -hmm. it's hard. It's hard. You don't want to be that person because you used to be, you know, a high level athlete, Mm -hmm. you know, even if it wasn't like high, high level, but in your mind, you were doing things that you like to do. And then when that gets taken away, you don't want to accept that because that's like the nature of a competitor. You don't like to lose and you don't want to accept certain things. Um, but once you found out and you were able to mentally adjust, we'll say, and, and kind of take control, how long was it after you made that adjustment before you joined the gym? Or what were you doing in between those times?
1: Well, I think that joining the gym is what actually made that adjustment for me because I did not want to join the gym. My husband, he, so he joined, um, he, he came up to me one day and he was maybe a little bit overweight at the time. We both were a little fluffy (laughs) at the time. I had just had given birth and um max is like here here's here's our here's your anniversary present and he had signed up for a boot camp oh, and he yeah. said that was my anniversary present that he was uh, gonna go work out i don't know
0: i don't know <laughs> 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 here's your anniversary oh that he was going to or was it for you to come work out
1: no it was for him to work out oh, so well, he was I mean, gonna get bad. in shape for me <laughs> for my
0: anniversary. i was thinking it was he got bought you a six-week membership and was like hey that Here you nice. There you go. kind of nice. Here you go. Just so you know, you're getting a little soft. You might want to try this.
1: So he did it. And it was like three weeks in of his boot camp, three weeks out of the six weeks. And he was like, you really got to try it. He's like, no, I think you would really like it. I'm like, no, I can't do that stuff. And like, because I would ask him like, what kind of stuff you're doing? And he'd mm-hmm. say, you know, we did box jumps and it's everything just with your body. And I'm like, well, I can't do push ups, I can't jump. I can't, you know, everything was like, I can't, I can't, I can't, because... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I had tried everything the normal way, and I couldn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And so he finished the boot camp, and then he or no, he was he was in the middle of the boot camp, and he's like, you know, I talked to Chris and told them that you know you weren't gonna try it because you have lupus, and he was like, well, hey, he's like, tell her to come in and talk to Alicia, she has lupus and she's a coach here, and so that was actually the reason why I finally stepped foot into this gym was Mm -hmm. because I was like okay well I'll talk to someone who's actually doing CrossFit who has lupus because I just assumed all CrossFit athletes were you know these in shape great you know these these people who were just like phenomenal athletes I Mm -hmm. didn't think that someone with the chronic disease could do um CrossFit so I came in and talked with Alicia and then I finally decided to join with the last couple weeks of um of that boot camp and that was the class where Freddie Meyer was in it, Max yeah. Barr was in it, um, Angie was pregnant and she was coaching it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I joined uh, the last couple weeks of that and that's how I started my journey here.
0: So you, were, you went from not wanting to accept the fact that you had lupus to going the completely opposite end and being like, nope, I have lupus, I can't do any of that. Right. Like you went to the opposite end you're mm-hmm. like, nope, I can't do anything. This is my life. My life basically sucks. Yep. And I'm, this is just the way it is. And stop telling me or asking mm-hmm. me to do my that. My disease I can't. is controlling me. Yeah. Yep. You That's how it you accepted 100%. your disease as who you were now. Yep. You identified of, me. Yeah. Yeah. Um so you came in, you join you joined the boot camp for the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. What happened after that? Then I did another boot camp another boot camp and another boot camp. <laughs> so you did, yeah, I remember this because you did the boot camp. so you did the last two weeks and then you joined another one yeah and but we were like, yeah, that's fine. do another one because you only did the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. and it'd be good for you to maybe do one full one Yep. but then even after that one, you still didn't believe that you could do the normal class correct and so you, you, uh,
1: you told me to come to a Saturday class. (laughs) Oh yeah.
0: So that was probably a bad coaching move.
1: Don't ever (laughs) tell anyone to go to a Saturday class because, because like all the star athletes were at this Saturday
0: class. (laughs) Though that was probably an anomaly. Like (laughs) it probably hasn't happened ever since. It was kind of like, there was a day I told somebody, they're like, Oh, do you guys have like relatively small classes? I go, yeah. Like our biggest class is usually maybe around like 12 to 15. We usually try to keep it, you know, a little lower so that we can give really good coaching mm-hmm. and then that day that person came there was like 20 people in class mm-hmm. i don't know if we've ever had that many people in class again yep. um but that's i'm assuming that's what happened but yeah that that was probably not a good day to have you come in <laughs> um so you did another boot camp so this is your we'll say two and a half boot camps well, in. I,
1: I quit for a few weeks there cuz i told max no way i can't do this
0: oh you did Yeah. was that the second was that in the middle boot camp so you did the two weeks. I did the
1: two weeks and then I came in on a Saturday and then I was like, No way, there's no way I can do this. Right. So I think I quit for like a week and a half or so and then Max is like, Why don't you just do another boot camp? So then I started right. my third boot camp. Okay. And I yeah. think that's when Danielle and um Bob were okay. in that boot camp. Yeah. I'm trying to remember who else was in that boot camp that's at our gym right now. But yeah, that was my, my third info. Oh, Jenna. I remember she was in the she may have been in the boot camp after me or Jenna. like um jenna jenna really strong jenna
0: jenna that comes at five thirty. yes oh yeah
1: why am i blanking on her last name nelson nelson yeah she has the best back in the world besides she, irene meyer
0: she is ripped yes yeah she's a stud um so you did that and what happened after that final boot camp
1: then i finally signed up
0: finally signed up but and- only three times a week only three times a week. That's right. Yep. And that was what year was that? <laughs> do I don't remember? even know now. <laughs> was that, that would have been well, probably Charlie? 2014, 15? 15. 15. I think 15.
1: I started doing the boot camps in, yeah, end of 14, 15, so 15.
0: So that was, so, you, so you've been in it now for four years. Mm-hmm. And so what has the experience been since having to be basically being like, I can't do all of it, quitting getting invited back and finally sticking with it, doing three days a week from between basically that and the four years later to this point, um, what has the experience been or like, what are the gains that you've made in there?
1: Oh, it's been amazing. Um, I don't know. There's like, there's so many gains I've gained confidence in myself. I've like, I've actually accepted the fact that I'm an adaptive athlete. I'm pretty damn proud that I'm an adaptive athlete athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that some of the things that i have to do are actually harder than regular crossfit stuff and that you know it's really just a competition with myself but it's like the things that i thought i would never do again like to actually go up into a handstand or to jump up on a box or to do a pull-up and then to have surgeries that have should have set me back but instead like i recovered from those surgeries and then continued to move forward you know so I don't think that if I had those surgeries and I wasn't doing CrossFit, I would be in the same spot. It would have been like disease is controlling me again. I would have been, you know, in a horrible spot, but I feel like I'm in, uh, I was in a much better spot, um, because I was in CrossFit sure. and then just the relationships too, um, with people. I mean, some of my best friends are here. Mm-hmm. I have a wife here, you know, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Irene's your work wife.
1: Yes. Yes. And then just the, the, I think I'm more knowledgeable about myself and about my nutrition too. Um, I've done a couple of the nutrition challenges and it wasn't because I just wanted to be on a diet for the rest of my life, but I really actually felt like I restarted my metabolism and just I'm more aware of what I'm putting in my body sure. and how that affects my disease as well. Yeah. So especially yeah. with inflammation. Of course, this mocha that I'm drinking right now isn't the best thing (laughs) for my lupus but you know right sometimes you got to treat yourself right exactly
0: um so you you had uh adjusted you became this like awesome adaptive athlete and like when you started like what would you say to somebody maybe that's dealing with something similar to what you're dealing with because they there's obviously the the same stereotypes haven't gone away Mm -hmm. right it's Oh, CrossFit is too hard. Um, CrossFit's all about throwing heavy around, doing you know things that maybe you shouldn't be able to do. Um, there's just I, there's just stereotypes that are out there that are probably never going to go away. Mm-hmm. So, like the purpose of doing obviously interviews like this is to highlight some yeah. really cool stories that we have in our own gym, mm-hmm. and obviously to reach out and help other people that are struggling with the things that you've obviously struggled with um, because it becomes more than just a physical thing. Like, yeah, obviously physically you can't do what you want to do, but then if you're trapped into that mentally, Mm -hmm. it's really hard to break out of that. And and the world becomes a lot darker Mm -hmm. when you're in that, when you're in that place. So what would you say to somebody that maybe, maybe they don't have lupus, but maybe they have other issues like, you know, uh, maybe other different chronic disease or, you know, maybe they're an amputee or something like that. What would you, what would you say to them if they were, you know, wanting to maybe do this or saying that they couldn't do this, making the same excuses that you were making?
1: To give it a try. I mean, like, I I love the fact that this is a smaller gym because the coaches know who I am. And right away, I was very honest and, with, and I said what my issues were. You know, like, mm-hmm. I have really bad wrist and hand issues. And right away, you you took me seriously and you, you pushed me to where you knew I could be. And I think people need to understand that the coaches do... Um, they will listen to you and watch what you do because it's not about, you know, like when you were, when I was in competitive gymnast, gymnastics and soccer, like you had to be the best to continue to play or to continue to compete. You had to be the best in your group Mm -hmm. here. It's not about being the best in the group. It's being, you know, competing against yourself. Like you're just trying to do better than you did last time. You're not trying to do better than the person across from you. Like it's, it's, it's a competition with yourself. And so I think people need to understand, like you're not competing to be the best in the class. Like it's just, it's just your own mental and physical health that you need to concentrate on. So you guys, the coaches here have been amazing because they have understood my, the the things that I do need to modify and they can modify them like on, on the spot. So, which is awesome because then I can still do all of the workout, do the same movements, um, get, as good of a workout as everyone else but just modify it it's not little harder bit. yeah
0: some of the movements you do i i feel like make it a little harder mm-hmm. um you know like when you do push-ups on your like little parallette things yeah you're going at a little bit greater of a deficit and so your range of motion is a little bit bigger so i think it at sometimes may even make it <laughs> a little bit more difficult yeah um but yeah like and i think there's that piece like we do the, you know, making sure we modify so that you can do it. Mm -hmm. But then there's been also times where you want to do something different. And I'm like, why? And you give me this like weird excuse. and I'm like, no, that doesn't really make sense why you don't want to do this movement. Does it cause pain? Yes. I think we just had this the other day. It's
1: was trying to get out of rowing. You were trying to get out of <laughs> rowing.
0: That's right. Yes. And I was like, you, you, it was, but I mean, it was like a legitimate maybe concern. What was it? Your wrist or something? Your grip? My grip. Your grip.
1: But I was really trying to get out of rowing. And you busted me.
0: Yeah, i busted you hard on that one. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. So you can do these movements, but you can't do this one. You can't row on a on a on a rower. And you're like, Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not buying that. I'm just not gonna <laughs> buy that. And I made you do it. You were not happy. No, but, but I'm glad
1: did. that you did it because you know you knew you know enough about the body and about the person and about the movements to know like what I you can push me on and you can't push me on. Right. And that's where, you know, that's where the coaches come into play. And say, I mean, in, with, with any type of ailment or injury or disease, that's where like, you can, you know, the body well enough.
0: Right. We try, we try our best. Yeah. What, yeah. what is your, what do you think your favorite type of workout is?
1: Cardio. Like today, like I do, like, like a long I'm, workout? I'm more of an endurance person. So I can like, I uh, the same. this is how it was when I ran track. Like the 800, I'd always go out slow. And then I would just pick people off, and that's that's why I like the the cardio ones, the ones that are longer, because I might start slow, but I can continue at a very good pace. Right. So I like
0: those. You Like the long ones. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's more toning? Do you think it's? Uh, is that why you like it? You just no. like that long workout?
1: No, I, I just like being able to like I I because I just have the cardio part of it. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. I don't know. You've become pretty badass at some lifting movements lately. You've been really getting some things down. Thanks. But now we're going to be set back a little bit because you have a surgery coming up, right? I do a wrist surgery.
1: Uh, no a joint surgery. On my they had to replace two of my joints in my hand.
0: Oh, joints in your hand. The last one was the wrist one, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, use um, the wrist, and now but, it's the joints. But we'll still work around that. Yeah, it'll be all right. Mm-hmm. You'll be better off after the surgery, right? Like you'll yeah. have a little bit more.
1: Well, hopefully, I'll have uh, I'll have more stability in my hand. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Sure. Yeah.
0: So, um, so people that. You know, f- may think that some of this is too overwhelming to handle. Um, what do you think? Do you think it's the physical limitations that hold them back more? Or do you think it's the mental?
1: It's totally mental. It is. Because you can work around the physical limitations. Yeah. It's the mental. I you have to accept that.
0: And that's, I think, the hardest part, right, mm-hmm. is accepting it. Yeah. And, and then getting in, obviously, walking through the door into a place where you think it's like a Saw movie or something. Right. Is hard mm-hmm. because that's kind of, I mean, obviously, that's not what people think, but, like, it's people think it's some, something like that. It's a yeah. little scary. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you've done a good job of doing that. And I think you've been a good role model and inspiration for other people that have, like, some chronic Uh, You know, diseases that come here, you know, like I know April, who was on our last podcast has, um, I think it's celiac. I I get everybody so confused. Um,
1: She might. I know she has some arthritic. stuff She has some arthritic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like
0: hand stuff. I mean, there's other people that come here that have that same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's nice to have you that's been here for four years. Where we can like refer them, and be like, "Hey, why don't you talk to Kelly mm-hmm. about you know her experience or things that we've had to modify?" Because honestly, the modification thing is the easy part. Mm-hmm. I think that's for me as a coach; I can modify anything. Mm-hmm. I feel like and make it doable for anybody at any age with any movement limitations. Mm-hmm. I mean, it. May, I might have to get real creative, but I really like that part. Yeah, I think that part's fun. Um, so that actually kind of brings us in. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about your gym memories afterwards, but I want to I want to kind of stay on this topic. So you've had to adapt and um, learn new movements or learn to do movements differently than other people, and that's kind of brought you into a really unique and cool place. Mm-hmm. And that's starting this Easy Living Solutions company that you're that you're currently diving into. Yes. So give us a little insight into what it is and what your, what your mission is.
1: So my mission is to foster independence uh, for people living with day-to-day you know, physical limitations. So for me, um, I'm still, I'm an active person. I'm on the go. I have young kids. People depend on me. And what was happening was I was finding that I couldn't do normal physical day-to-day things with my hands, um, and it was really making me mad because I would get stuck, and people who, who were dependent on me I couldn't help them. Mm-hmm. So biggest thing was I couldn't open a water bottle um, because of my hands. And, you know, watching a 20-some-year-old woman at that time <laughs> <laughs> not being able to open a water bottle for their, her kids or to open their bottle, you know, it was super frustrating. And so finally um, after, you know, I was – at the airport with my mother and I couldn't open a water bottle for her and I had to ask a stranger to help me. And he looked at me in disgust. I was like, that's it. I'm not, I'm not going to let anyone else be put in this position ever again. I never want to feel like this. I'm going to go home. I'm going to make a device that I can make for myself so I can have a compact device that I can bring with me wherever I go. So I don't have to ask other people for help. I can just have something there for me so I don't be, I don't get stuck in this position again. Right. So that's how I made my first assistive device. Um, was because there's nothing out there that's compact for the on-the-go person. Everything's really geared more towards the older population. Mm-hmm. Um, it's big and bulky, and I just didn't want that anymore. So I made my first device, which is the Grip Assist, and uh, there's many more to come. You know, really, there's, there's a more athletic ones that I wanted to work on, and mm-hmm. Chris, you already know about those. Yep. So. Um, yeah, there's... we'll keep
0: those on, 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 the DL because we don't want anybody to steal our ideas, yes.
1: <laughs> but, but really you know, easy living solutions is a, is a company that we really want to just preserve people's dignity. Um, but also provide independence through, um, modern well-built assistive devices that are compact and easy to use.
0: Mm-hmm. So the grip assist has gone through a, a few different like iterations, like there's been a few mm-hmm. different versions of this. Yep. Um. And the final version is out now. Yes. And you people can order it, right? They can. And yep. where do they find this?
1: So right now we have our website, which is EasyLivingSolutions.net, and you can order it off our website. And we are currently working on getting into Amazon. So and then That's there's awesome. also a store up north that uh, wants to sell our stuff. Um, by St. Cloud. So, they're, we're going to be sending them a bunch of the grip assists and they're going to be selling them from their store. So, they will be our first storefront, too.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. That's very so, cool. Mm-hmm. So, what have you learned on the business side? What's the hardest thing that's been on the business side?
1: Oh, my gosh. It's a whole different world from medical to business. Yeah. Completely different world. Um, things don't move as fast as you want them to. Yeah. I can tell you that. Like, you expect something done by a certain date, and then it gets pushed back, and there's a reason why, you know, it's it, it's excuse after excuse, and you just want to, like, choke somebody. But <laughs> it's, it's, it's been a long process. Uh, it's been a learning curve, big time. Yeah. But, you know, I'm really happy that we finally have it out. You know, from, from making something in my kitchen with multiple plastic and saw blades to writing a patent to bringing it to – um you know a manufacturer to going through all the different user groups getting you know everything built the website oh my gosh that was crazy Mm -hmm. building the website getting all of the you know just everything ready to bring it to market and then finally getting it to the market has been quite the experience
0: yeah so how long have you been working on this
1: Uh, about a year and a half
0: a year and a half Mm -hmm. yeah i remember and like the the first couple devices did look like something in a saw movie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like those were some like really, when you showed them to me, I was like, Oh my gosh. Uh, can somebody like hurt themselves with this thing? Um, but you've done obviously a lot more adjustments to it and it's really, really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a really cool device. Um, so I'll make sure to include the link in the show notes and when we post it I'll put it in like our our link tree and stuff like that so you guys can take a look. Um, but yeah, that's a really cool. So what's next? What's the next piece? Is it is it the max bar version of the of the grip assist? It's like <laughs> one, 1 inch the 1 inch longer? Inch longer. <laughs> yes.
1: So that's what we're hoping we'd have to go through a whole another molding process and get the tooling and everything, which has been the longest process. But yeah, so we that's the the next step is to to make the exact same device, but just an inch longer, um, the max bar version the max bar. to, uh, <laughs> to, uh, so for the bigger, like pickle jars and, um, salsa jars, things like that. So more of the stuff that's in the house yeah. that people need help with. Um, so that's going to be the next version.
0: And you've been doing, uh, some demo videos on this, right? Yes. I, I have. And, and is I have a YouTube th- website. It's a YouTube. So, uh, do you know your YouTube URL or I can tag it in here?
1: Isn't it just easier learning solutions? Uh, it could be. I don't know. I think so. That's what I have it listed as. So guys.
0: that's where you've been doing the videos or has yep. it been on your Facebook? Or have you just been posting? All, it to
1: Facebook? all of the above and, okay. I, and my Instagram. Okay. They're all linked together.
0: They're all linked together. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So you're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, so we can include all those links so people can come check yes. them out. Yes. Cool.
1: And if you know anyone who has any type of grip issues or an amputee or you know anyone who has spinal cord injuries or anything like that, these are things that will help.
0: Yeah. It's, it's a really, really cool device. And I, you know, we obviously see some people use them in the gym mm-hmm. to open bottles and things like that. And then the, the new version will be able to open up bigger, bigger lids jars. Cause this, what's the length on this one currently?
1: Um, this one is, I believe, you know what? I think this is four inches. No, that doesn't seem right. How much? Would, how long would you say that is?
0: <laughs> that's a good question. Mm-hmm. I don't have a tape measure. No, it's it's only a couple. So, and what's cool is is you've created this, and it has like a little key ring spot where you can have Put it on your keys. keys yep. Take it with you always, everywhere. Because mm-hmm.
1: um, that's where I found myself always frustrated. Because I would be out in public, and I would want, and I would get a water bottle, or I'd be at a meeting and someone would hand you a water bottle, and I would sit there and look at it like. I would have so much anxiety. Like, should I sit here and struggle to open it or should I just push it away and not drink my water? Just bitch slap
0: it away. Just <laughs> get that out of here. And uh, so I always
1: carry it with me. So I never get stuck in that position. Sure. And people, most of the time, people don't even know that I'm using an assist device to open it because it's so small and discreet.
0: Yeah, it like seriously fits like in your hand like you wouldn't even see it. Yeah. Yeah, it's super mm-hmm. cool. And what's also cool about it is you've included a bottle opener. Uh, yes. For th- for uh opening, you know, some alcoholic beverages or yes. maybe a root beer.
1: So you wouldn't be able to drink your uh <laughs> white claw with it? <laughs> I could uh, could I open a white your claw Zima. with this?
0: Could you can you open pop tabs with this?
1: Um yeah, you can actually stick this you, part underneath it and pop it.
0: Oh, okay. So this is this is the part that opens the bottle. Like uh the bottle opener part. You can mm-hmm. stick that under the tab, pop it open. And pop it. Sweet. Mm-hmm. You thought yeah. of it all. That's pretty cool. Thanks dude. So, yeah, we'll include that in the show notes. Show notes. You guys can go and uh, check out the website. Check out her uh, YouTube videos on how to use that, too, because they're super informative and obviously well done. You're the model.
1: Oh, God, stop. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, God, stop it. Um, I asked Angie Munt to do it, but she wouldn't do it. Yeah,
0: she, well, she, you would, you'd have to pay her quite a bit to get into a video. I know. She'd probably just laugh the whole time. (laughs) I know, and she would just giggle the whole time. Um, all right. So you created this and your things are great. Everything's good. You're back in the gym. You're feeling good. Mm -hmm. Nutrition's on point. Um, how have your, how have like flare ups been? Are they, are they more or less the same or have they become less and less frequent since joining the gym? Give us maybe a little insight into that before we go into our last couple questions.
1: You know, my, my flares have definitely been much more stable. You know, I just think that my disease in general has been more stable. A lot of it has to do with just moving, right? Mm-hmm. You just have to move your body. And that sounds like it's so simple and it doesn't make a difference, but it really does. So that, um, d- just disease control has been much better. Um, I think just because I'm more accepting of my disease and following what the doctors are saying, like what they should, and <laughs> just getting on the right medications for it. Sure. So, Yeah.
0: Things are looking up. Things are looking up, which is good. Make it through one more surgery and we'll be good to go.
1: One more surgery and then they might have to look at the other hand, but we'll see. Oh, God. No. But it's been, even though my wrist is fused, I feel like I'm actually um, lifting more post-surgery than I was pre-surgery because everything is more stable.
0: Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's less pain, right? Because you had a lot of pain pain. in in the wrist before. Mm -hmm. And you would wear wrist straps um, wrist like basically almost like wrist guards, mm-hmm. so that it would limit the movement. Yep. Um, but cool. Yeah, we've worked around that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Kinda proud awesome. of you. I think it's cool what you've done and what you you know how far you've come in the last you know four four and a half years, and it's cool to see you take uh take what you you know what was holding you back and turn it into something for good and try to help other people like that's super inspirational, not just obviously for the people you're helping, but for the people that are your friends and they get to watch you go through this growth. It's really pretty cool. Thank so, you.
1: Well, you, I also have to you know, say that's a lot because my coaches do. Like I, I always tell oh, Max, stop! I know I always tell <laughs> Max, I'm like, I could never go to another gym because I don't want to have, like you guys were just so accepting of, being like, okay, she's, this is an adaptive athlete, athlete. let's, let's make it work. Mm -hmm. And so if anyone out there, you know, has something that they need to adapt, like, don't worry about it. It's okay. Like you Mm -hmm. will still fit in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's the big thing. You're still part of the family. I am. doesn't matter.
1: Yeah. And honestly, sometimes when you do, um, finish last, it's the best place to finish because everyone is there cheering you on. It's Mm -hmm. crazy.
0: And that's, Seriously, the times that you're probably the most inspirational is not if you adapt it and you finish first, it's when you adapt a workout or do a workout harder than you've ever done it before. And you end up maybe being, you know, one of the last ones to finish, but it's inspirational to see what you can do, you know, when you're mentally strong Mm -hmm. and obviously you're not being put in any, you know, risk, you know, injury situations. Um, and you just try to move the best you can and just go with it. Like that's inspirational for everybody to see. Um so thanks, dude. You're awesome. You're just awesome. You are too. Um, so do you have any favorite gym memories? Oh my gosh. Like I mean, obviously we have a lot in the last four <laughs> years, probably. <laughs> do you have are. any that are like the favorite that stick out that are like ones that repeatedly come up as one that you just you love?
1: Um, well, one that I don't know if most people know, but when I first met Fred Meyer I thought he was maybe like a janitor or... Close to being homeless, <laughs> um, I had no idea. Freddie was Freddie. <laughs> um,
0: was that when you met him here at the gym, or did you meet yep, him because no. you worked with him? Right?
1: No, I, I had, I had just transferred to his floor, but uh-huh. I had not met him, so I had no idea who he was. Okay. He introduced himself to me as the old guy, Uh-huh. Um, fresh meat. Yep. And so, and he looked like he may have been homeless, <laughs> and so I didn't think anything of him. And so finally, you know, it, when I figured out who, you know. Who Fred Meyer is? I was like, wow! I, I totally had the wrong impression of him, like you know. And same with his wife, who is who is literally like one of my best friends. Yeah. Um, when I first met her at the hospital, I didn't know who she was, um, yeah. or that I would meet her here, but I was deathly afraid of her. And Irene is the nicest person. Oh in the world. yeah,
0: why were you afraid of Irene? Irene has. Was it the hair?
1: It was. It was the. <laughs> she has what we call a witch face when she's really serious. Have you oh, seen really? the witch face? Uh it's just kind of
0: very I've scary. I've seen a panic face. I've seen
1: <laughs> I, I was with her. I met her before I even joined the gym and I didn't know, you know, who she was or that she belonged to this gym. But she had we we're in Neural Rounds and she was sitting there and she was the consultant. On, she had this very serious look on her face and her hair was on the top of her head and I was like, "Ooh, she kind of looks like she's like a mean lady." And little did I know that she's like my favorite person in the world.
0: She is the best. Th- they're yeah. both awesome. They are. Yeah. Yeah. And for anybody that doesn't know Fred, so she was thinking he was like a janitor or something and he just happens to be like the Dean of the medical school and the head of neurosurgery <laughs> at Mayo <laughs> clinic, like one of the coolest guys on planet earth, but like also one of the most humble down the earth guys. And you would never know.
1: Same with Irene. Yeah. They're yeah. both
0: just fantastic people. And Irene yeah. just finished her first weightlifting competition. Um, that that's something, you know, talk we'll about inspirational. D- that yeah, lady is awesome. We'll have to do an interview with her cuz she's done some pretty cool things and her last, you know, she's been coming here since almost the beginning. Um she's been coming here for almost 6 years probably. So so is that who inspires you the most at the gym? Do you mm-hmm. feel like it's uh, is Irene your biggest inspiration? Yeah, I Why? think so. Why do you think that is?
1: Be- because when you talk about mental toughness, that lady has some mental toughness. And she uh, she uh, competes against herself and it's amazing the what she holds herself to I like to watch that
0: yeah she she holds herself to a high standard very high standard and then feels like she lets people down when she doesn't perform well when we're just like hey (laughs) like we just love you so Mm -hmm. it doesn't like you could come in and have a really bad day and not do great on a workout uh, but we don't care. We're just glad you're here. Yes. You know, we just like it when people come in.
1: And she's always cheering. She's always cheering you on. And she's always there for you. Um, and she has the best arms mm-hmm. in the world.
0: She is the sweetest lady. And yeah. she is absolutely ripped, too. Mm-hmm. She is awesome. Yep. She's very cool. All right. So to kick or to not kick it off, to end this show, we always do um, the fun questions, the live quick seven. Did you look at these beforehand and prepare Quickly. answers? Quick. <laughs> you told me doing. that
1: we had to freestyle it, so.
0: I said we would freestyle a little bit because, you know, we had to talk about easy living solutions and, and all that fun stuff. We had to riff. Um All right, so rate yourself on a scale of 1 to 10. How weird are you? And I, trust me, I know you. So if you lie, I'm, I'm going to 10. I've
1: always been, no, I would say 8. Come on, not a 10. Who? But I've always been weird. Like, I've always been that weird, goofy friend. I've always been that person.
0: But there's nothing wrong with that. There
1: isn't. No. Why be normal.
0: my, my daughter was talking about that. I think, I, I can't remember how it came up, but she was like, yeah, I'm weird. And I'm like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Be weird. Yeah. Don't be, don't be, the don't be a vanilla person. You know, exactly. like
1: a potato. Don't be a potato. Don't be a potato. Yes. Boom. I like it. <laughs> Boom.
0: Don't be a potato. Don't be an a potato. eight. So who's more, who's more weird, weirder you or Max?
1: Oh, I'm more weird. He's just, I, I, I'm (laughs) I'm not going to even say (laughs) you're going
0: to you're going to take the high Um, road politically correct. Yes, I'll be politically. She pleads the fifth, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Uh, What is your favorite word? Uh,
1: I think I, I feel like I say, I don't know. Do I say a word a lot here? I when I was younger, people said I and I can I swear
0: you can say whatever you want to say.
1: I guess when I was younger, like in my high school years, I used to say shitty a lot. Shitty. Yeah. And I and I don't know why. But I honestly, but I don't have a favorite word. I can't. I can't. Do think I of repeat an... a word here a lot? I know when I speak, I say, um, a lot when I give presentations, I need to get better at that.
0: I, I do too. It's probably caked all over this episode. Mm-hmm.
1: Great. Now I'm going to listen for my, um, I'm
0: going to listen for my ums. Maybe this should be called episode two, the, um, episode. The um. Cause we suck at, at, <laughs> at public speaking. <laughs> all right. How would you rate your memory?
1: So I have a really good, so Max will totally say that I'm lying, but I have a very, very good (laughs) long-term memory. So I can remember tons of details and things that happened long time ago. But if you ask me where I put my keys, I have no idea.
0: But will you remember in five years where you put your keys?
1: Yes. (laughs) Like I have crazy, I have a crazy good memory. Especially with
0: details. I think he would say you probably have a good memory because you just remember all of the things His he does. Flaws. <laughs> and just nag him constantly. I do not nag. <laughs> Kidding. Oh. oh, that's a whole other bag of. Uh, we won't even go into that. Um,
1: There's my favorite word. I know my favorite. It's an eye roll because I feel like I'm eye rolling. It's not a word. It's an action. It's an
0: action. That's oh, that's a good question. What's your favorite word or action? Yeah. to have eye to update roll, this because
1: I do that a lot at my house and I a read lot here. Too. There's me. your
0: there's your wife. There's my wife. Um. Okay, what do you think about when you're alone in your car? PG version.
1: I honestly, since I'm the taxi of our house, uh, when I'm alone in the car, I don't even put music on. I just let it be silent. I love
0: just nothing. I do the same thing.
1: Oh, it's so good. Because it, once the kids are in there, it's constant talking. That- so no music, I just drive.
0: I do the same thing. Uh, I think Andy Wiesner, we talked about this, does the same thing too. Does he? I don't, when I go home at the end of the day, I have a 20 minute drive and the radio's not on when I go home and the radio's not on when I yep. come to work in the morning, yep. come to the gym. It's just never on. It's mm-hmm. on when the kids are in there.
1: Yes. Because I'm trying to drown out the <laughs> fighting. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: And it's like, yeah, play, play this song. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh God, here we go. Yep. DJ it's dad. Silence. Yep. I um, what food do you wish was healthy for you? Mochas and is chocolate. Not. Chocolate and mochas. I knew that. I just knew that was it, going to be the answer.
1: It's mochas. They kill me. I would have a 12 pack if it wasn't for mochas. That's <laughs> a 12 pack. We,
0: we've talked about that through your nutrition journey. Oh, you got to cut back on those mochas. I know. Uh, if there was a soundtrack for your life, what would what would the title be? And name a song or two that would be included. Soundtrack <coughs> for your life. You've had a pretty cool life.
1: I know. So I've always, I've always loved the song Bullet in the Target by Citizen Cope. That would be my my song. bullet in a target. Bullet in a target.
0: Bullet in a target. Citizen my, cope. I don't know what that is, but you I'm not. You got to pull it up. Maybe I'll like tag a little little snippet.
1: It's it's from here. my hippie days. Oh yeah. Of
0: living in the mountains. Living in the mountains. Yeah. What would the so what's the title of your soundtrack? I
1: don't know. What do you think? I have no idea. I'll have to come back to that one, but it definitely would be that song.
0: That song? Mm-hmm. We'll we'll tag it in here. We'll tag it. We'll tag it to the Spotify okay. link for this song because I don't know. I don't know what that song is. Oh, man. Maybe nobody does. Peace, love, peace, love, and happiness. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Last one. If you could choose any one person, you know, to come work out with you at Alive, who would it be and why? That mm-hmm. does not currently come. That here. does not currently come. I know. Here. I know you are best friends with Irene, and you guys come all the time. But let's say you didn't meet Irene and you guys weren't best friends here who would you want to work out with you? Besides Max?
1: (laughs) Uh, I would want anyone who has the same mental blocks as me, honestly, like anyone who says, Oh, I can't do it because I have this. So I feel like I have a lot of friends who would qualify for that. Basically anyone who's not confident in their ability to do something, I want them to try it to see like, Hey, this can be fun. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of people I can't narrow down to one person.
0: So where are these people?
1: That's a good
0: question. <laughs> <laughs> Tag them in the episode. I will. Tag them in the episode, share it. All right, so final question. So our our gym name is, we rebranded, um, you know, we are a CrossFit affiliate. We're CrossFit on Shackle, but mm-hmm. we rebranded and kind of created our own fitness brand called The Live Fitness. And with that, we did a little bit of a mission change where we talk about we want people to live and move with purpose. Mm-hmm. And when we do that, um, you should be an inspiration to others mm-hmm. to make a change, a healthy living change. And I think you've really embodied that, right? Like you've changed how you were living, you've changed your mentality. And by doing that, you have become this inspiration for others in and out of the gym. And so I guess getting to the question is, is like, what does it mean to you to be alive?
1: Um, so, I think I think we talked about it today to be alive is to actually for me was to to overcome my and I'm always overcoming, you know, different barriers and mental blocks, but really to overcome like my fears and to feel alive again. Like joining here, honest to God, was the best thing for my health because I finally started taking control of my uh, disease versus my disease taking control of me. Yeah. and that was overtaking my life and it was t- making me miserable and so being alive is just overcoming those barriers and you're going to always have barriers in your way and so just picking them off one by one makes you feel alive
0: mm-hmm. and you know making that change that you were scared to make you like led to some pretty cool relationships in here big time and also your new business venture yes like maybe if you hadn't done this You wouldn't be helping others so that's that's really cool
1: so one of my best one of my favorite quotes is you cannot connect the dots looking forward you can only connect them looking back and that's so true because like there are a lot of times where i was like why the hell do i have to have lupus why do i have to have all these chronic things that are going wrong with my joints you know why 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 and now it's like well because i can help other people right and so i truly believe that
0: and i think that's what makes it that's what's going to make Your business, I think it's going to be super successful because you're not doing it for the money. You're not doing it for the fame, you know, like, or whatever to be this person in the community. You're doing it because you legitimately want to help people. Mm -hmm. And I think that when businesses operate in that realm with what they do, I think they should be successful. Like, you know, maybe, you know, something happens and you don't quite hit your numbers like you want to, but these are the businesses that need to be successful and they need the community support and you're an inspiration. And this episode is the shit. (laughs) (laughs) You're awesome. Any final remarks?
1: Uh, I want to thank you for everything that you've provided. Honestly, you're the best. You're awesome.
0: Um, so, Where can I know we talked about it earlier, but where can people find you to learn more about easy living solutions to see all this stuff?
1: So um, our website, www.easylivingsolutions.net. I'm also on Instagram under Easy Living Solutions or Kelly Barr. And then uh, same with Facebook. It's called DIG, D-I-G, because that was actually the original version or the original name of this device. Mm -hmm. And, And then on YouTube, which Easy Living Solutions, LLC
0: awesome. Thanks. Sweet. Well, we'll make sure to tag those in the show notes so you guys can check those out. Um, you guys can always find us at alivenow.com You can find me. I think mine is a live coach on Instagram. I don't know. We'll tag yeah, it it's in there. Something in there. We're on Facebook, Instagram, just search us. There's not a lot of cool stuff.
1: He looks like a model. <laughs> yeah, tons <laughs> of cool
0: stuff. All right, guys, that's episode two. Thanks for listening. Uh, tune in hopefully again next week for another one.